You gave Pags five. Yeah, yeah, I gave it a five. All right, we'll um, but yeah, to get into it, hello everybody, and welcome back to the best film podcast on the face of the planet, the Average Film Enjoyer. We are your average film enjoyers, Jagger and Trey, and this is a podcast where we talk all things cinema. Um, and it's really for your casual movie goer. If you're just wanting to get into film, this is for you. If you're already deep into film, this is also for you. It's for everybody. Um, but before we get into our reviews for today, Jagger, my friend, how are we doing? Uh, we're doing great. We're continuing the series on my favorite director. I'm sad I couldn't have been here for the first episode, but at least I'm here for this one. So yes. I'm just glad to be here. Yeah, uh, me too, as always. Always happy to be here with you, buddy. Um, I'm excited. We reviewed Fear and Desire and Killer's Kiss on Monday with my good friend Evan. Um, and we're going to be skipping movie news for today because Jagger has tickets to go see. What are you seeing tonight? You're seeing poor things. I'm seeing poor things tonight, which I w. cannot be more excited about. It's I'm what, so excited. Let me, before we get into it, let me ask you, what's your favorite Yorgos movie? This is my first one. What? Oh man. You're going <laughs> to yeah. need to watch more of his stuff when you, uh, my personal favorite is The Lobster. I think you would really enjoy that. It's like the most British movie I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> it's it's excellent. It's so funny. Uh, and Killing of the Sacred Deer is also very good, which I believe just dropped on Netflix or some streaming Ooh. service uh, where you can if watch it. Netflix. So that is also a great one. If it's on Netflix, count me in. Um. Hell yeah, man. Um, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, so today we are getting into... Recently on our Friday Night Double Feature Series, we have been working through the greatest director of all times, filmography, Stanley Kubrick. Uh, so today is part two of that series, um, and we will be talking his uh, about uh, his heist film, The Killing... Um, and his first war film, his first of, I believe, three war films, uh, Paths of Glory, about World War World War One. Um, so let's talk about the killing first, because I feel like there's more to say about uh, Paths of Glory. Um, I think we both enjoy that one a bit more. Um, what were your thoughts on the killing? I know you just finished it. I watched it this morning. Uh, how did you feel about it? I gave it two stars and i can explain mm -hmm. when i think stanley kubrick i sort of have this set expectation of like if i say that was kubrick level good that means that was incredible when i think kubrick i think the shining eyes wide shut clockwork orange these movies that are not only layered with perpetual greatness Mm -hmm. These are films that have deep characters, well shot, well edited, and are beautiful films. And when we talk about Paths of Glory, you no longer are able to say, it's just old, it didn't age well. You can say that with fear and desire, but mm -hmm. you can't really say that with this because Paths of Glory comes out like two years later and is just 
peak Kubrick. So it really, this movie hurt on a few levels because it just felt, it, it didn't feel like Kubrick to me. And I think that that's really where my thoughts end on it because I think yeah. that it wasn't a film with that much substance. It just mm-hmm. it didn't really work for me. Yeah. Um, obviously, this is primarily a heist film. Um, we didn't, before this point, we hadn't gotten much out of that genre. Um, like, we didn't even, like, one of the first quote-unquote ever heist films, The Sting, we didn't even get till 1973. And this came out in, what, this was 55, I'm, I'm pretty sure. It's like 55, um, 56, yeah. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we have a bunch of one-dimensional characters Uh, A bunch of characters with not too many layers to them, but they all serve a purpose um, in the plot. Um, I thought we got glimpses of, again, Kubrick hasn't really come into his own at this point, like become the director that we know. uh, And he's still trying to figure out himself artistically. I, this is a definite huge step up from fear and desire and killer's kiss in my opinion. Just yeah. a massive step up. I am much higher on this than you. I gave it a four and a half, but that's really just because I'm a sucker for heist movies. Um, and I saw like Steven Soderbergh, who's like the modern master of heist movies. Um, I saw a lot of his stuff that he uses in this movie um, and could tell that uh, of this movie had a lot of influence on him, at least. Uh, that's what I thought. Um, I thought we got a solid lead performance from what's his name. Um, oh, give me one second. Uh, um, what was his name? Oh, uh, Sterling. Sterling yeah. yeah, Sterling Hayden. I thought we got a solid performance from him. But again, there's there was a lot of characters here who were pretty two-dimensional you know or or one-dimensional so uh there's not too much to talk about here um i would recommend watching this one i think it's a good time i think it really captures the magic of 50s cinema which is slowly became becoming one of my favorite eras of cinema like it just has a certain magic to it uh and a feel to it um so i would definitely recommend it uh, but again, it's not like essential viewing, you know, uh, yeah. Jagger, what about you? Would you recommend people go watch this? I mean, yeah, I, I definitely recommend it for sure. Um, but there were two things I did want to mention, sort of like mm-hmm. a good point and a bad point for a movie with so much build up to a heist for the heist to be like that five minute one room thing it didn't really have as much of a payoff as I was hoping. And I know that the heist sort of came in a few different parts, Mm -hmm. but for that to be like the big heist scene sort of left me like, Oh, all right. Um, But there was one scene in here that felt really like if anything was showing Kubrick becoming Kubrick, it was that scene where it's the guy and the wife, I think her name's Faye. Mm -hmm. Right. Where they're in that room, 
and he walks in and he's like this with like blood all over his face. Yeah. And she gets shot. That felt like a Kubrick scene. Yes. So there's good I had and bad. I had the exact same thought there. Yeah. So there's good and bad. And I do mm-hmm. recommend it for the sake of if you're gonna be watching all of Kubrick's movies, then you do watch it. But otherwise, I think that there are better movies trying to execute a similar concept. I agree. Yeah. Um, But let's get into our next one. Um, What most believe is the start, the true start of Stanley Kubrick's just peak career where he doesn't have a single movie that misses. Um, We are going to be talking about the 1957, I believe, uh, World War One classic Paths of Glory. Uh, now, Jagger, when's the last time you watched this? Um, <laughs> I, mm, I don't. Has it been a while? So I watched it on April 16th. Okay, so it hasn't been that long. Not that long, but almost a year. So it's. Yeah, uh, I thought this was excellent. I thought this was an excellent anti-war film. Um, I think we get some really, really despicable characters here, uh, which somehow Kubrick is better at writing the bad guys than he is the good guys, uh, (laughs) which is concerning. Um, but I mean, let me pull up because I can't remember anybody's name, but the main general, um, who's basically trying to like uh general george uh burlard he is basically trying to like push all the blame onto these soldiers that's your basic plot here and um it's like kirk douglas's job and his name is colonel dax it's his job to like defend them and basically try to not get them killed by a firing squad Um, and I thought this was excellent. I think we see more. I think this is where Kubrick finally starts figuring out his style. And we see this in, in the scale of the war scenes. I think we see this, um, when they are inside, uh, those chambers and all that stuff, these huge chambers with just beautiful artwork and these beautiful shots, even though it's in black and white. I would love to see this like rejuvenated to like in color. I think it would add a whole nother layer to it because even that opening dialogue between the two generals in that big room, you have all these beautiful, huge paintings and all this beautiful just background, but it's black and white. So I mean, I mean, it can only go so far. Uh, So I would love to see this in color, but I thought this was excellent. What about you? What are your opening thoughts on this one? Okay. Um, like you said, I don't think I could have ordered it better myself. This film, although albeit in black and white, is one of the most beautifully shot films in Kubrick's whole filmography. It mm-hmm. is stunning. Um, in The Shining, there's the shot where it follows behind the kid as he goes, and I think it was the first yeah. movie to do that. Yep. But there's a shot in this where they follow the guy, like his face, as he walks through the trench. 
Yeah, and there's all the people on the side of the trench. It's like a two-minute shot. Yeah. I beautiful. And it's yeah. a shot that has stayed in my head for some time. Um, you really see Kubrick coming to his own in here. Uh, yes. Beautiful film. So well written. Um, and a movie that I, I saw a documentary about Kubrick. Um, and I'll bring it up many times during this series. Uh, this was a controversial movie when it came out. Like, oh, yeah the war was still like a touchy topic um mm-hmm. because they were just coming off of world war ii after this so making a movie that is really just tracking how horrible war is it's gonna mm-hmm. be sort of polarizing you know yeah because and yeah even even with this movie is so obviously critical of high-ranking officers in the military uh so that probably i mean we talked about this when we were on the phone the other night how stanley kubrick was constantly pushing the envelope of what was okay to say and do in cinema and again you're right this movie came out in 1957 and we have a shot in the middle of a movie where it's a guy who got his head blown off just falling over and this is in 1957 i mean (laughs) just just this stuff that Kubrick would do and put in his movies, but it was never like, oh, why do you put that in there? It was like, this to, this makes the movie better, you know? Yes. Um, and um, there's a part of the movie, and just spoilers now, because yeah. this is a movie that, it's like an hour and ten minutes long, you know? In yeah. order to talk about it, you're going to bring up spoilers. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole movie is Kirk Douglas fighting and fighting and fighting. Like, they couldn't have left. They all would have died. Uh, so then they just pick three guys and shoot them. Yeah. No mercy. It comes out of nowhere. Because with all of the fighting, you are almost conditioned when watching movies to have the mindset of, oh, he's fighting. They're going to get off. And then, like, he's running towards them as they're all, like, pinned up against hay bales. And then they just shoot them. He's, like, a minute late. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I think that the fact that, like, the most controversial 50s movie that I've seen, and I think it's the 50s, is, um, I'm pretty sure Persona was the 50s. And Persona had, like, a whole scene where she went into, like, graphic description. Persona was 1966. It was 66? Yeah. It was in black and white. Um, really? Yeah. Yep. They were doing color pretty often then. But then again, Bergman and his black and white. Uh, well. Yeah, that's just kind of his style. That's his style. Um, well, yeah. But again, like back to what you were saying, the most controversial film at this point was rebel without a cause like that caused an uprising in the country because it was this film about the exact part like hero like i don't know idolizing the exact person that every parent in the u.s was worried their kid was going to turn into yeah that was the most controversial and rebel without Um, a cause also had like a suicidal kid rebel without a cause was edgy and then kubrick just walks on and goes oh you think you're special 
and then just as people getting shot all over the place, mm-hmm. he's criticizing what half of the country thought was like these superheroic people. Like the people in the war, after coming off of World War II, like I said, the people in the war were the superheroes. And he says, you sure about that? And mm-hmm. he comes out and just overflows people with all this stuff. And Kubrick gains notoriety. And you'll notice this throughout his movies with mm-hmm. everything from starting out with, he then goes towards like 2001 territory where it's just a awesome movie. And then he just goes Clockwork Orange, Barry Lyndon, The Shining, Eyes Wide Shut, Full Metal Jacket. The guy cannot stay out of trouble. And I respect him for it so much because at this time, if you made an edgy movie, you were overseas. U.S. domestic movies at this time in the 50s and 60s are so really, not bland, because a lot of them are very good, but are very light. And then when we get to the 70s, everyone goes edgy in the 70s, but Kubrick's been in the game for 20 years at that point, doing what mm-hmm. everyone was trying to do. And when in the 70s you have movies like I Spit on Your Grave and other morally incorrect movies, and you get a shock era, he is doing shock, but making great movies doing it. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, what was Burt Reynolds' character in Boogie Nights? Uh, he was like a porn director. Yeah, Jack Horner. Um, yeah. That's his name. His whole thing was, I'm going to make movies that are adult movies but i'm gonna make them great kubrick comes out with like clockwork orange and eyes wide shut categories that are known for being like pretty bad movies and Mm -hmm. he comes in and he just sweeps making phenomenal films in categories that are notorious for garbage and anti-war films did not exist really at this point at all no this was like one of the first ones this is one of the first ones and it did pretty well sparked the controversy that he's known for and really just set him in stone as a legendary director uh Mm -hmm. this is one of like two or three stanley kubrick movies to have a criterion rightfully so so i if we're talking about do i recommend this or not I recommend this and then some. I think that this is a great place to start with your Kubrick movies. And if you already have started and you've only seen like The Shining, go here. This is mm-hmm. good Kubrick. Great Kubrick. Yeah. Yeah, I have I mean, you said it all. I have no more thoughts. I recommend this. Jagger, do you have this at a five star? I have this at a five star. I have this at a very high four and a half. Yeah. It's it's it excellent. Doesn't... Stack up to some other Kubrick, but it's still excellent. It's wonderful. oh yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, the guy cooks. He cooks. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely uh, excellent. Uh, definitely go check it out. Uh, this is the halfway point. I mean, I guess next. I guess. Uh, join us on Tuesday. Uh, it is possible we are having Evan back. I have yet to hear from him about that but we are going to be reviewing uh before sunset are we doing before yeah Yeah. trip watch watch before i gotta watch before sunrise sunrise this weekend um but we're going to be reviewing before sunset 
uh, Richard, is it Rich? I think it's Richard Linklater. It's uh, Linklater, yeah. Who, yeah, my mom's nodding at me. She loves those movies. Uh, who we will probably do a director watch through at some point. Um, we'll do a Richard Linklater because another director who just cooks. Um, uh, and then next Friday, uh, we will be reviewing um, the classic Kubrick films Spartacus and Lolita. Uh, so we are looking forward to that. I'm, I'm really looking forward to Spartacus. I've heard actually pretty solid things. I'm looking About forward it? to Lolita. Lolita's Kubrick's most controversial movie. Oh, in I didn't a lot know that. Of people's minds. Yeah, it's about is if I'm not mistaken. Um, Holy this cow! Is sort of, Both of these movies are so long. Lolita's <laughs> an hour and fifty four, and Spartacus is two hours uh, and fifty four. <laughs> no, I mean Lolita is I think two and a half hours, and then Spartacus is almost three. Oh my god. Um, oh boy. <laughs> well, if I'm not mistaken, lo- you can check this for me. Lolita's about a child's relationship with a grown man, which in Let's 64, see. is it? It's somewhere around that. Yes, it is. Uh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Two and but, a half yeah. hours. Join us next Friday for that. Uh, and then Tuesday for Before Sunset. Uh, now, it is that time of the season. I believe it's December 22nd today. We've brushed over a few Christmas movies and our What You've Been Watching Recently uh, section of the pod. Do you remember when we just called that high-low and then it just turned into that? We just <laughs> wanted to talk about everything we've been watching. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, no, but I wanted to set a little, because Sunday, it is Friday today. Sunday is Christmas. Um, it is the holiday season. And of course, this is the season where you, sure, you can watch horror movies during Halloween, but you don't have a lot of Halloween center horror movies, right? Christmas is probably the holiday with the most movies centered around christmas so today we just wanted to go over and talk about some of our favorite movies to watch during the holidays and yes this will include unofficial holiday movies such as die hard and eyes wide shut yeah weapon um (laughs) as have there been any you watched in the last week jagger that you wanted to shout out or um, i want i enjoyed i haven't logged it but um, one of my favorite Christmas movies is Love Actually. Uh, so this is just I still haven't chance. watched it. This is just my chance to shout out Love Actually. Watch mm-hmm. it before next episode, and we'll talk about it. Okay, right? because it I feel is... like that'd be a good one to match up with Before Sunset. Yeah, it is. It is, and it's just it's so great. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. And to just talk yeah. about other favorites, I mean, Eyes Wide Shut. Peak. I I've watched the holdovers like three times this month. I have tickets um, to see it on Christmas Sunday. Eve. Sunday is Christmas Eve. Yeah, yeah, I have tickets to see it on Sunday, Sunday night. Um, to quickly just shout out some garbage. 
uh, love hard the night before Elf. Hey, whoa, don't, don't, you gave night before two stars. Uh Okay. I enjoyed it. I gave it four and a half. I thought it was, I thought it, okay, here's the thing. That's kind of out of left field. Here's the thing. (laughs) Comedy is the hardest because I feel that it is the most subjective and the, where people have it because it's whatever you find funny. I find all three of those lead guys hilarious. I love the way Jonathan Levine directs. So of course I had a blast. I mean, Michael Shannon is in it. Anytime Michael Shannon just shows up in a movie, it instantly gets better. Um, it, yeah, I, I had a blast with it. I watched it last night. I think I'm going to watch it tonight again with my family. Um, uh, and also, may I say this? Uh, from experience, that scene where Seth Rogen is like majorly tripping balls in the bathroom on mushrooms, it's so insanely accurate. It's so accurate. <laughs> and it's, I was, that's, that's probably the scene that had me laughing the hardest. <laughs> um, when he's making the video confessing to being like, yeah. <laughs> or, or when he's in, where they're in the back of the limo. Also, Nathan Fielder showing up in a movie. Always love him. Yeah. Um, Nathan Field, can I quick, can we quickly do this for a minute? Have yeah. you seen Nathan for you? Of course I have. I binged out this show like last week. You He's like all of it, all of it. All oh, it's so seasons. good. It it's is so. Good. It's like Borat mixed with Impractical Jokers, <laughs> and it's like this perfect in between. And I, oh my gosh, you should. T- you need to talk hard. to my dad about this. My dad is a huge fan of Nathan for you. Um, and- the one where he brings the chili vest to the hockey game. <laughs> And shoots chili out of his sleeve into balls is so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! The thing with the haunted house though was brilliant. Like, oh my that god, was that was so genius. Funny. Or the poop flavored um, frozen yogurt. <laughs> and then there's the part where he just walks up and goes, uh, "I I think I would like to point out that putting poo in something associated with food." Is not a good idea. And the guy just says to him, like, straight-faced, that's what I've been saying the whole time. Oh, my God. Oh, it's it was so good. the funniest. It's okay. so good. Uh, uh, but to get back to it, uh, mm. Night Before, excellent. I would recommend it. Uh, also, if I may recommend, the SpongeBob Christmas special is peak. Like, the one mm-hmm. where they're, like, felt... That's straight nostalgia, so maybe it's bias and it's actually really bad but i love it half to death um so yeah i highly Um, recommend yeah uh let's point out uh the uh absolutely horrific looking animation from both robert zemeckis horror films uh christmas carol and polar express although because it really strikes that feel of like the uncanny valley. Like you look at the characters and you're like, something's off here. They look terrible. Yeah. Uh, especially Christmas Carol. That is one of the most unintentionally horrifying films I have ever seen. Um, but both are enjoyable. Polar Express, especially. <laughs> I love Polar Express. I watched it yesterday with my sister. 
Um, and that whole movie is just a blast. That's uh, a Christmas Eve annual watch for my house. So, yeah, especially yeah. this kid. Do you know what kind of train this is? <laughs> well, do you? God. <laughs> Most annoying oh characters in cinema. <laughs> um, that's against railroad rules. Uh, another one that I would love to point out. Um, How the Grinch Stole Christmas with Jim Carrey is outstanding. It's yeah. so good. It's pretty good. I, I'm not a huge fan, although I can totally see where the respect for it comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Jingle All the Way with Arnold. Peak. Great. I Great. love that movie. Um, uh, The Santa Claus movies with Tim Allen. All yeah. three of those. Oh, it's doing the thumbs up thing again. Um, <laughs> oh, all wait. three. Let's see oh, if mine it does doesn't it. do it. I don't know. Uh, all three of those are very good. Um, really, any Christmas movie with Tim Allen is great. Um, all right, here's here's my final question, and then we'll I'll let you get to poor things. Okay. Um, Die Hard or Lethal Weapon? I haven't seen Lethal Weapon in years, mm-hmm. um, but I'm just a sucker for Die Hard. So yeah, me too. I fall on that train as well. I yeah. it's just oh man. It's so Here, good. Bruce, here's the real question. Die hard or eyes wide shut? Mm, die hard. If I'm sitting down to watch a Christmas movie, <laughs> I'm going to watch Die Hard. Nothing says family quite like the eyes wide shut party scene. Jeez. My dad was like, should we watch this this year instead of Lethal Weapon? And I was like, no, let's watch Lethal Weapon, please. <laughs> I definitely don't want to watch this with you. Uh <laughs> But yeah, that was a sorry for the quick episode today, everybody. But we will be back with an extra long one on Tuesday, yes, uh, day will. after Christmas, um, because the average film enjoyer does not take breaks. No, um, we don't. We don't no. believe in breaks. What are those? Those are for the week. Uh, um, <laughs> so uh, if you want to follow us on our socials, uh, all you can find our link trees in our bio on our YouTube channel. I'm Trey the Film Noob, TikTok, Twitter, Letterboxd, Jaggers, Jagger Film Fan on Letterboxd, uh, Jagger the Movie Guy on Instagram and Twitch, and Jagger Film Reviews on TikTok and Twitter. Um, go check out Jagger's short films on the OJ Productions YouTube channel. Uh, the link is in our bio. Um, follow us. We officially have an HQ on Letterboxd. Oh, go, yes, go follow please. us on there. Me and Jagger uh, this weekend will be working on our top 10 Christmas movies. Also, if you want to buy merch, now all you have to put in is afepod.com and it will bring you Mm -hmm. to our merch website. So you no longer have to go through the YouTube or anything. Just search up afepod.com and it's our merch. Yep. Go go buy some of that. We have some dope stuff left over from Halloween. As a Christmas Um, gift for your favorite movie lover exactly yes or your favorite dog we also have doggy tees which i didn't know till this morning so that's pretty exciting um <laughs> pickleball sets everything cop your average film enjoyer pickleball set <laughs> um but yeah thank you for joining us today uh we hope you have very happy holidays uh this is a time of love and uh happiness and gift giving so go spend some time with your family 
resist the urge to just sit inside and watch movies. Go sit <laughs> inside with your family um, and watch and movies with your family. make them watch movies with you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and we hope you have a, a happy holiday. Uh, and we will see you on Tuesday.